The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Now, in the green scene today, how heat waves in our oceans are affecting our weather. But first, the V notching of lobsters to save them. Well, to explain all, we're joined by Dr. Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland. Ruth, good morning. Good morning, Pat. What is V-notching of a lobster? V-notching of lobster. Well, it is exactly what it says on the tin. It's cutting a small V-shaped notch in a lobster's tail. And and why might we, we do that, you wonder? Well, it is to protect them. So lobsters are a very important um, fishing uh, catch here in Ireland. Now, unfortunately, we do export most of them. Um, but, you know, and they're a really well-managed stock, uh, one of the, the few kind of sustainable seafood stocks that we have. And, and partly because of this V-notching. Um, so, so what a fisherman does is when they when they pull up their pots, which are good, they're very selective ways of fishing because other yeah. fish don't go into them. If they pull out certain types of lobsters, they cut a little V in one of the flaps of the tail. It doesn't hurt the lobster and they put them back in. And what that means is that lobster cannot be sold. Uh, so if anybody else catches that lobster, they have to just put it back. Because the V-notch is there. Now, which lobsters get V-notched? So the main, the most important type of lobster to get V-notched is a female that's carrying eggs. And and these are called buried females. And they're called... Buried. B-E-R-R-I-E-D. Why? Because they look, if you turn them over, they look like they're covered in tiny black berries. And those are their eggs. They can have about 20,000 eggs. So they wear their eggs on the outside rather than the inside. They wear their eggs on the outside, exactly. But of course, those eggs are very precious. Most of them will not survive. Only about two maybe out of those 20,000 will make it to adulthood. So in the first few weeks when they hatch, they'll be floating around. They'll just be plankton. Then there'll be tiny little things that will be delicious food for lots of other ocean creatures. So it's really important to protect those females. So they will get V-notched and any lobster that's lost a claw, for example, uh, will get V-notched because really it's better to be in the ocean. It might potentially reproduce rather than being sold when it doesn't even have the claw meat anyway. Um, can they grow back a claw? They can grow back claws and also the V-notch will grow out. And this is the important thing. It takes about four years for the notch to grow out. So so eventually that notch won't be there anymore if that same lobster is caught again. If it doesn't have eggs on it, um, it can then, uh, it's sort of considered it's done its reproductive work for the species and it can go back and it can be caught. It, it can then be caught. So uh, young lobsters, injured lobsters uh, who may go on to reproduce and pregnant lobsters they all get V-notched. Exactly. And, and it's been a great success. So um, this has actually become legislation now. It's in Ireland and the UK. And last year, over 40,000 lobsters were V-notched. And that sounds like a huge amount, but it's still a relatively small amount of the catch. And it means that we have a really good, sustainable population of lobsters here, which is really important to sustain the communities and the small boats that are that are relying on them. For now, their how long has V-notching been going on? Uh, well, it, it is about those last two decades in legislation, possibly longer, but I think it's only those last uh, those last couple of decades we've become aware that we you need to... You wonder who thought it up because it's, it's very, very, clever, very, very clever. Very simple, very clever. Now, you want to talk to me about marine heat waves and we're not talking about lounging on the beach and being burnt to a cinder. Unfortunately not, no. Uh, I mean, it's probably not news to anyone that the, the oceans are getting warmer. And I mean, part of what our vast expanse of ocean on Earth, this blue planet does, is it helps to control the Earth's temperature because most of the heat in the atmosphere, about 90% of it, gets uh, trapped by the ocean. And of course, as there's more heat, that amount is going up. In fact, if you think about the total amount of heat that the ocean is absorbing, it's the equivalent of seven Hiroshima bombs every second, every hour, every day 
every week. So huge amounts of energy are being absorbed by the ocean. And of course, what that means is it's gradually increasing in temperature. So what we recorded for the first time this month is that the average sea surface temperature has gone up to 21.1 degrees. The highest before was 21 degrees. That sounds like a tiny amount. Mm. But whenever we talk about these, you know, global warming and climate, we need to think about it more like our body temperature than, than weather. So, so even small amounts make a difference. OK, but a couple of things. We know that if you put, um, when I was a child, we did this just for fun. You put milk or you put water into a milk bottle and leave it out overnight on a very cold night and the milk bottle shatters because yes. the water expands when it becomes ice. What happens with water when it's in just floating around there yeah, in our oceans, right. does it expand too? It does. Loads of things happen when we heat up the sea. So yes, it does expand salt water as it, as it warms up. It expands. It leads to um, increasing sea levels. Of course, it can affect the ice at the poles. You know, it's more likely to melt. But there's just more energy in the ocean and that contributes to storm and extreme weather and more rainfall. So it does lots of things. But there's also something that's happening more frequently and this is very unusual. It's called a marine heat wave. It's a relatively new phenomenon Scientists only characterised it in about 2015. And this is where you get a localised period of incredibly high sea temperatures. And this can be, the sea can increase as much as 5 to 10 degrees in the space of a few weeks. Oh, because I know our seas, obviously, you know, they're at their coldest, probably around March. Yeah, about 5 degrees, 5, 6 degrees. So your Christmas swim is actually more pleasant, maybe, than your March swim. But it's a much slower process. And it's gradual throughout the year. But imagine this, and this happened in the Gulf of Mexico, within a few months, the sea surface temperature increased by seven degrees. And this stretched over an area of about 800 kilometres, but it it expanded then to 3000 kilometres. And and scientists actually called this the blob because it was such an enormous mass of overly hot water. And it decimated the sea in this area. Over a million seabirds died, sea lions died, fish died plankton died um, and, and the same thing happened in Western Australia a few years ago as well so these localised events they can last for weeks months even a few years and the volumes of water we're talking about are so enormous that there's nothing we can do there's about it absolutely nothing we can do and I mean they're impacted by local weather but certainly this gradual overall heating means that these are going to happen more frequently and when they happen they're going to be hotter so it, it's you know another reason for us to just think about these things that they're hard to see, but they're happening more frequently as a result of climate change. Dr. Ruth Freeman, Director of Science for Society at Science Foundation Ireland, thank you very much for joining us. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9am on News Talk.